Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip you, our listener, with the helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. I'm Josh Clues, a wealth advisor with Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. I believe my calling in this life is to enable others to fulfill their own calling by helping them harness their financial wealth to their purpose in life. Please join me each week for market thoughts, planning ideas, and most importantly, intangible balance sheet discussions, which highlight the importance of all those things money can't buy and death can't take away. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hello and welcome in again to the Wisdom and Wealth podcast and yet another intangible balance sheet episode in our intangible balance sheet episode series. I'm Josh Clues, uh, and today I have the distinct pleasure of introducing uh, Chris Misner to the podcast. Chris uh, comes with a very rich background, um, and uh, I can't wait to dive into you know, the, the countless stories that are on his intangible balance sheet. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, and um, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about you. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Great podcast, by the way, and it's just it's an honor to be here with you today. Likewise. And so for those listeners that may be joining us um, for the first time, we call this the Intangible Balance Sheet Series because I believe that um, all of us are a little bit irrational when it comes to our balance sheet. And typically people have heard, you know, the you know, your net worth or your net worth statement or just a regular balance sheet. But I believe we have an intangible balance sheet. Um, comprised of the life experiences, the life stories, uh, and more importantly, the first principles by which we live our lives that is more important to us than any amount of money. Uh, and furthermore, I believe that uh, most of those first principles come to life through stories, and they they sit in the memories of our descendants best when they're transmitted via story format. So, that's a long way of, of uh, introducing our, our topic today. But Chris, would you mind introducing yourself just briefly to our listeners before we get uh, going formally? Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, thanks for having me on. So yeah, Chris Meisner, retired Navy aviator. I spent 30 years in the Navy. Um, and we're down here in Texas with my lovely bride of, uh, to celebrate our 25th anniversary and our two kids and our and our three horses and a cat down here in Texas. So, um, you know, really enjoyed the first, you know, I guess really 34 years counting military school of, you know, my time serving the Republican uniform and uh, but really enjoying my time retired in 2019 and really enjoying my time in, in a, I guess, a second career working for a, a large defense contractor here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but really spending my time getting to do the things I didn't get to do when I was in the military for 30 years with, you know, great sacrifice with the family and the kids right now. So we get a little more time to ride the horses, spend time with the kids, do some hunting. So just really enjoying that sort of second chapter of my life. And then also getting to pour into uh, a lot of the things with the volunteer things you do in the church and the, and the people that we get to mentor and helping a lot of people out with uh, some of their financial uh, goals and financial decisions and helping other organizations around Texas and in the, in the, in the United States. Thank you for for that introduction. So, how many horses did you say you have again? Yeah, we so we have. Well, I think we um, we do three: Liberty, Justice, 
and independence. And we recently just sold Rebellion. So you can obviously, um, if you, if you, it's a very thematic, thematic training operation. My daughter is a rodeo kid. So we, uh, we rodeo, we train horses and uh, she gives uh, rodeo lessons and stuff. So liberty, justice and independence. So clearly uh, a theme there. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So Chris, one of the themes that I explore with guests is um, those stories that come to us and those principles that come to us by way of our grandparents or maybe even great-grandparents. Um, do you have any any intangible balance sheet uh, deposits that come to you by way of you know a, a previous generation? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I, and I love that question. And my answer is, is going to be a twofold, really, on that. So, you know, not unlike probably most of your guests that I've heard, you know, just hard, you know, my mom um, came over from a different country. I got to even actually go to her high school graduation just because it, you know, took her a while to, you know, kind of assimilate and graduate, right? And just sort of that ethics of hard work. But I would also mm -hmm. include my wife in that, too. She's a military, we call it a brat in a, in a, mm -hmm. in a positive, fun way. And so just the seeing what her family, the, the, the lineage of her parents and grandparents and the hard work, her, her dad's a military a senior officer like I was, and her grandfather was a pilot like I am. You know, he was killed in World War II. So those mm -hmm. intangible things that they gave us, hard work, um, the value of money, the value of service. But but on the other end of the equation, though, I don't know that everything that you have, some of it may come from a lack yes. of story. Because in my case, I feel like, you know, for what better, for worse, for what have you, we could kind of get into it more, you know, at age 18, kind of being on my own, really being on my own and having to go to military school on my own, find my own way, find my own money. And, and for reasons that, you don't need to really talk about today, but just life happens, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you don't have that lineage to fall back on. You really have to go do it yourself and you have to sort of explore really what I say is like sort of alternate paths, right? I have a lot of people that were in my life um, that I call parental figures or grandparental figures that aren't related by blood, but just by um, happenstance or just by mentorship, right? And 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 those kind of stories that come to light for me. So it's not always where you're at, who you, where you came from, but sometimes it's just circumstances where you wound up. And so you're, that's a perfect lead into the next question that I typically explore with, uh, with, with guests is what about the mentors that are in your life? And so I'm really excited to explore this with you coming from the military. I believe you're probably the most senior ranking military member I've had on. Talk to me about some of those early years or maybe even some of those hinge points in your career and who were some of the mentors? And I know that's a tough question to ask because to in, to uh, name or include is to exclude because there, there could be yeah. a lot of them. But right. I mean, t t take a stab at it. Yeah, no, I always will. And that's, yeah, you're right. When you include, you exclude. But it's easy to do. I just remember in high school, I, we'll just call him Larry, um, just a teacher who... Um, just was a great mentor. So like, gosh, it's been like almost 40 years now since high school, right? 35, 40 years. Who just kind of took me under his wing, was a civilian pilot, um, took me under his wing to want to learn how to fly. And that's when I started flying was in high school. So clearly a mentor there, right? He wasn't a military pilot, but he set me down on a path, even in high school, wanting to fly my own airplane. 
and uh, really became a father figure and to this day still is a father figure to me, right? So that would be one on the civilian side. Um, you know, we you know, the kids call him grandpa, right? So that's mm. been a lasting relationship over the decades. But then I think to my military career, you know, the, the mentors that I've had now, and you know what? You know, it's interesting, Josh. I'm not sure a lot of time that people know their mentors. I've been blessed yep. to work for, I don't know, I don't want to drop names in the podcast, but let's just say, you know, I've been assistants and aides to some of our most senior ranking people in our government. Um, I've been to have the privilege of flying around in the big blue and white airplane that says United States of America, right? And sometimes the people that are in senior positions, they don't even know that you're the mentor, right? Um, they just, they impart on you wisdom and, and, and ways to think about things and do. And so I've had those in my life. But then I've also had the ones that I've known about, right? Uh, we recently laid to rest our commandant of cadets when I was at military school. We'll just call him Colonel Tim. Recently laid him to rest in Arlington and memorialized him actually last week at homecoming mm-hmm. up at our school, putting up his name on our wall at uh, where I went to school at Norwich University. So a guy like that, right, 35 years ago, a mentor to me at the at the military level in military school. And then the mentor, then the guy that let me stay at military school when I didn't have a nickel to my name, when the bursar wanted to throw me on the street, you know, when you go through the line, when you check in second semester and your bill's not paid. And then I just remember the general who I told, hey, look, I'm almost at the top of my class. Let's not throw, you know, don't let me go. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he took a chance on me to keep me in school when um, he just, you know, for, for really just because I had good grades, right? So that guy is a mentor, but to this day, he probably wouldn't recall the story, right? Um, mm-hmm. But to let me stay at school. And then just some of the other uh, folks. And my twin brother is a mentor. I have, I have a twin brother who also spent 30 years in the Air Force and flies as well. So mentors don't have to be older. Um, they can be younger. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I coached high school baseball with my son, and I learned things from my son every day on the ball field that I would never have thought mm-hmm. of on my own. So we, we sometimes think of mentors as older folks, but – I. You can gather yeah. a few things from the next generation. So uh, not an identical twin because, you know, you went to the Navy and he went to the Air Force, right? I mean. Right. Identical it, it, except joke. for I'm that. Kidding. We, yeah. we, 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 are, we are so identical to this day, people. We're both in the industry now. And the other day I was in a major trade show in Reno and, and an Air Force guy walked up to me and said, aren't you somebody else? I'm like, no, that's my brother. So to this day, oh. <laughs> we're, we're that identical. So, oh, Wow. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty unique. Uh, does that, has that obviously probably not the first time that that's happened, but is that the first time in industry that that's happened? It happens at every trade show. And now that really? every, every trade show I go to, I come across an air force guy and it happened a lot at the Pentagon. So I worked for some senior folks in the military and so did he. Um, and it's just, it's kind of comical at this point, those senior people who you run into that just says, are you sure you're not him? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not that guy. But, but, but a mentor to me as a twin brother, just having the same shared experiences uh, family-wise growing up and then financially too, and then uh, are just similar situations in the military. Mm. Now, Chris, what do you consider to be the pivotal events of your life? I, I feel like there are always we'll call them hooks in our memory that we or pegs in our memory that we hang a lot of value on because of the way that they pushed us a certain direction or uh, they shaped our character. Do you have any of those types of stories that you want to dive into? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we'll go with the easy one, right? I mean, I, you know, being a Christian, so 
you know, having Christ in our life as a, as part of our center of our life, you know, back maybe in sixth grade, that's certainly a pivotal moment, right? Um, mm. Because that's the foundation for everything, at least, at least in my life, whether it's financial, family, you know, career, et cetera, right? Um, just that kind of North Star of your life. And then so that was certainly one. You know, two, we sort of looted up just now, you know, going to school, going to a rather expensive New England school with no money in my pocket, knowing that I'm not going to stay here unless I can pull off some amazing grades for the first semester because they're going to try to kick me out. And that's going to be the only wild card to play. Right. So that pivotal moment in my life having to say, hey, I need someone at this school to take a chance on me and keep me here, which then obviously led to, a, I, I suppose, you know, a solid, decent military career. And then, you know, where I am today. So that, you know, a life changing moment. Then I'll I throw this out there, too. I'm sure every a lot of guys on your podcast will say this. I'll say number three, three and four, the family stuff, right? You know, I, I met my bride in San Diego during a Navy tour, but I, we just can't discount the support that you get from your spouses when you do a 30-year career. So, you know, I shouldn't say picking, but finding the right person to, you know, share that journey, you know, with you is, was pretty amazing. So I say those three right now, and then obviously all the other ones that come after that, right? The birth of your kids and, you know, things like that. But for sure, those are the three of the pivotal moments of my life. So yeah, you can't get off that easy. Uh, you got to tell the story of how you met and um, maybe even tell it, you know, from her perspective and then your perspective too, just kidding, or, or marry the two together. Yeah. You know, it's it's not, you know, kind of, you and I were kind of joking about Top Gun before we started recording. And so we're San Diego country, you know, obviously horses were in the country here. So San Diego, 19, um, you know, 96 country Western bar. I, I don't drink alcohol that much. I'm not against it per se, but she just kept noticing I'm the guy going back and forth for a glass of water. Um, and frankly, that's another part of our discussion. I don't drink alcohol just because I want to save the money, frankly. Um, but she noticed the guy not drinking the liquor and then struck up a conversation on the dance floor. And then the next thing you know, 25 years later, you know, two kids, three horses and a cat, right? So um, <laughs> That's neat. So uh, are there any stories within your or events, um, hardships maybe even, or difficulties that you encountered across your career? Uh, Chris, that you're willing to to dive into in greater detail. Yeah, I mean, we sort of touched on the initial part, right? Just yeah. trying to get my career started and staying in school. But then, you know, uh, you know, I would say daily it, it seemed like it could have been a challenge, right? I just I didn't come from you know great wealth growing up. I feel like I was kind of out there on my own. So just getting through flight school and getting through all the challenges of an early military career and your deployments were just um, it was just challenging every day. And I'm just, you know, grateful that I had, you know, like, you know, a, a God to be there with me and pray to and kind of get me through the day. But I, for me, it was really just the challenge of just keeping up with your peers in such a high level, fast paced environment as naval aviation. Right. And sort of that self-doubt that comes across, you know, comes across every day. Right. That, And it's just from day one or to 30 years later, it just didn't ever seem to go away. It was always challenging. Every day was hard. Mm. Yeah. Now, Chris, as you, I want you to think four generations from now, um, you know, Lord willing, great grandchildren's generation, um, of your community. Uh, what are some of the principles that you feel or life lessons that you feel would be most informative and instructive for them? Would you mind diving into that for, for a little bit? 
here. Hang on. We there dropped. We, we dropped there right before that question. Yeah. Oh no worries. So it, I, I can pick up right back off where we left off. Yeah, go um, right with the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, I want I want you to think. Um, say four generations from now, what are some of the the stories and or principles that you want your great grandchildren's generation um, and their their community uh, to learn from? Or what do you? What do you feel most strongly about? What are some of those principles that you hope pass on uh, to that fourth generation? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Number one is faith, right? I mean, every generation beyond us going to the fourth, I, I hope they're living their life as a Christ-centered life. That's 100%. If I could define, I think, our family, like my twin brother's family, my wife's family, it's really just service. And I really hope our children of that next generation, four, you said four from now, live a life of service to something, whether it's our nation or their neighborhood or their church. I don't want to make everything here about the military, right? It could be, yeah. I mean, if, if you pick up my trash and you do a great job, what I, think about those people in your life. What, what would life be like in your neighborhood if someone didn't do that? Mm-hmm. And so whatever they do, do it to the best of their ability and do it with value and ethics, and morals, and to the best of their ability. That's four generations from now. That's what I want for them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the the next piece, um, some people may take this a little bit morbidly, but um, I like to, to think of and, and even encourage clients to write their own eulogy. Um, and so I, I want you to look backward and... Um, you know, I don't know if you have done this or not, but I want you to, for a moment, talk through some of the elements that you hope are a part of your own eulogy personally. Um, would you mind sharing some of that with us? Yeah, no, that's absolutely. I've, I've given that some thought at times, just as we do, you know, um, self-reflection. And I sort of alluded to it just now. I, I really hope they say he lived a life of service and, and different people saying it for different reasons. Like my wife and I mentor a group of four 30-year-old couples, newly married, no kids. And I hope they would say that he lived a life of service mentoring to us and pouring into us. I would hope that my military um, folks, friends, uh, past shipmates would say he lived a life of valued service to his nation, right? Uh, We're very involved in my university, um, raising money and organizing things and volunteering. I sit on the board of my university, and I hope those people would say he poured into this organization a service. Um, so that I, I use that word over and over: selfless sacrifice and service. I, and I would hope that that would be that you're that citizen soldier for whatever battle space you're in—the church, the baseball field, your family, or the work. That he just said you kind of went the extra mile serving others, like good and faithful servant. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, have, is there anything that we haven't had a chance to get to uh, in, in our, our time today? Well, I think we kind of, we covered a lot. I, I would say it's just important that, you know, that, that are, that the folks that come behind us really understand what the folks that came behind them did or are doing to create wisdom and wealth in their lives. We didn't talk about wealth that much. To my, like, it's interesting. My wife and I, we 
it is such it's so extremely important to us to give back and to pour into other organizations financially. And I, I wonder if in the world or in America we're starting to lose that sense of wanting to give back financially. I always say the three T's, right? Time, talent, and treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes I do wonder like how equal they are. I mean, obviously some people have limited means, you know, you love when they give their time and you love when people when they're talent. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's the hardest to sometimes commit your treasure. I think somewhere in the Bible it says, you know, where where your dollars go, there goes your heart also, right? I'm I'm paraphrasing and I'm not doing it yeah. well. And I always tell people in business, you know, you you know what a company cares about where they put their dollars, right? And so that's what I would hope the kids that come after us or even the kids that are with us now of generations understand that building wealth is more than about just building wealth for personal gain or to make oneself wealthy. It's about making a difference. Yeah. Well, and I think we've, we as a society undervalue what I'll call institutional wealth or relational wealth. Um, we, we value it less than, you know, tangible things, but there, there is a currency to building institutional values, right? And you, you can tell who those people are. They, they walk in the door and they're, they're a joy to be around and you can't, you can't pay them enough to stay to stay there because they they build morale and they build culture while they're there. So I, I love that you you hit on that, um, Chris. Thank you so much for your time and um, sharing with us from from your story. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, just generosity in this particular way. Uh, thank you again for joining us and know that we are wishing you uh, and your family nothing but truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. Thanks for having me, Josh, and continued good luck with this podcast. I think it's a great avenue for a lot of folks to pour into and get a lot out of. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that this time has left you better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. May you and your family find truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the Wisdom and Wealth podcast by Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. The guests on the Wisdom and Wealth podcast are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services are offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Please know that converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. A Roth IRA offers tax-free withdrawals on taxable contributions. To qualify for a tax-free and penalty-free withdrawal on earnings, a Roth IRA must be in place for at least five tax years. The distribution must take place after age 59 and a half or due to death, disability, or a first-time home purchase of up to $10,000 lifetime maximum. Depending on state law, Roth IRA distributions may be subject to state taxes. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas, 77380.